Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Common Had a Dream podcast. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Ruth. Hello, Ruth. How are you? All right. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Good. I had a couple of bonus days off work and uh, enjoyed the, the FA Cup final yesterday. Did you watch it? I did. I mean, it wasn't much of a final till about the last 10 minutes or so, but uh, yeah, very glad for the outcome. Yeah, I think so too. It was, I think Leicester are a very, very well-run team, aren't they? Very well-run club, like the sort of club that I would quite like Newcastle United to become, to become instead of uh, being run by uh, by a fat man who always talks about dark forces, which is his, uh, his latest. I don't know whether he thinks he's he's in the new Star Wars film or the Mandalorian, but uh, that appears to be his thing. I don't know if you saw as well. I've a lot of my friends are out, found it hilarious that Steve Bruce was manager of the month this month as well. Yes, I saw you taking a, a a few ribs about that. Oh my god! I, the irony is, like, don't get me wrong, we did we did quite well in April, to be fair. But uh, so someone pointed out he's got manager of the month from taking Newcastle from seventeenth to seventeenth, um, which uh, which I did also quite find find quite funny as well. But uh, but there we go. Um, uh, I hope I hope all is well with you in Oregon, of course. Yeah, no, we're 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 rolling along. Yeah. Um, well. We have a uh, a very a very good broad mixed show for you today. Um, we are going to be talking about the uh, Cymru Premier winners uh, that that league was decided this weekend, which was fantastic, exciting end to the league. Um, we're going to be talking about the midfield and forwards squad selection. We talked about the defenders and the keepers last time, so we're going to be talking about the midfielders and the strikers or attackers as we're calling them this time. Um, we're going to talk about the test events that have mentioned uh, that have been mentioned. Sorry, uh, Newport and Swansea, and of course the Wales game against Albania, having fans back. Um, the great grandparent qualification issue, which is not really much of an issue, but just an interesting thing we stumbled across this week. And finally, uh, the injuries that have arisen to some of the squad ahead of Euro 2020. So, Ruth, we will start with Connors Key. 2-0 win over Pennebont won them the league. Uh, TNS won 2-0 as well, but didn't matter. They couldn't kind of overcome... Uh, Connors Key who were on a great run of form um, so really we just want to say congratulations to them Yeah, I've just uh, agreed It's it's been well, the second win both under difficult circumstances uh, I think Andy Morrison is an absolute hoot uh, <laughs> just the whole <laughs> you know, watching them celebrate seeing how much it means to them and, and they've played some really good football under difficult circumstances and just great to see the league being so competitive to be honest yeah I agree there the two things there the, the the hoodie that he had on keep the trophy in Wales or whatever it was had on that was absolutely fantastic um, but yeah they've kind of broken up I think it was eight years in a row before that that TNS won and obviously they kind of complained about the league outcome last season um, when it was decided decided sorry by points per game so um glad to kind of put that to bed and it was an exciting end to the season like going into the last day um either team could still win it kind of depending on on each other's results um but fair play as well to to Balor I thought we've put a good season together won 18 of their games um you know not not a million miles behind in the end in you know behind these two teams who've obviously dominated recently so uh, I just thought that they were worth worthy of a mention as well no, I agree. I think across the board, the the, the league is, um, yeah, like we were saying, just becoming more competitive. The, you know, you go into a game wondering what the outcome is going to be as opposed to expecting a certain outcome. The 
the quality of some of the play has has really been impressive for just because you know the, the whole training process must be very difficult at the minute too or at least has been over the over months earlier in the year and i think it's it's a test it's a testament to people's dedication and the volunteers that have kept things going and you, you know so difficult to keep keep those clubs ticking over with basically no income and it's yeah just uh, you know, hats off to to everybody involved for for creating such a such a good season, really. I think maybe just to chop up our running order a bit, as as you mentioned there, you know, the, the lack of fans. It might be a good point to to go and talk about the disparity in test events. Um, obviously, Newport and Swansea having limited fans in for the playoffs this week, and, and good luck to both clubs um, for the playoffs. Obviously, the Wales international against Albania looks like they're going to have four thousand, maybe even a few more uh, might be might be added on at the end, which would be great. Um, the big thing is there was no other test events for other other events, not meant anything in North Wales. I don't think sport wise. And certainly, obviously, nothing related to the Cymru Premier or, or or teams and clubs that kind of need the financial support that having fans in would bring. Um, and it's it's just a it's, it's it's great on one hand, but seems a bit, you know, lopsided on 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 the other. I think it's the lopsided nature of it that that frustrated me. And I can I can understand you've got to you've got to start with a with a. A limited number you're looking to try different types of things in different tri- types of venues I've, i haven't got a problem with any of that and i think i mean it's become evident now that they're looking at wrexham for example and whether whether a game up there can be included but why wait for the playoffs why why put it in a position where, where you've got a couple of definite home games that are, are coming up, even if they make it to the playoffs, it might not be a home game. Um, so you've got, you've, I, I just, I, I just think it was sort of short sighted that you've got this list where the geography was clearly so limited and nobody even thought to say, we acknowledge the geography is limited. We're doing what we can about the rest of the country. Just the fact that that wasn't even um, acknowledged I mean, I know I'm getting my GOG chip on my shoulder here, but the the just the fact that nobody nobody in the powers that be thought to say yes, we can we can see that this list looks a bit skewed. But these are the events that are coming up. These are the other things that are under discussion. You know, we've got to tick these boxes. We've got to look at these these size and style of venues. We've got to look at these size and style of events. This you know this is why we are where we are. Um, I think that would have just left everybody a little calmer, um, a little, there would have been fewer questions and you could have seen that this group that have been released now were part of a bigger picture. And I think in fairness, they always were and are part of a bigger picture, but why not acknowledge the bigger picture? Yeah, I think it's just the timing of it seems a bit, un- unfortunate is the wrong word, but like, you would imagine that the reason, obviously, the no Cymru Premier Games or, or Welsh League Games are involved is because the seasons are all ending. And so I get the logic there. Um, but equally, this has been going on for a while now, where you, you're looking at clubs who could would probably only get, a, a, you know, a couple of hundred people to, to each game, which is fantastic. And that they should have been give or given that opportunity or could have been. And it's maybe not the lack of transparency, because that sounds a bit harsh, but maybe the lack of just self-awareness really of mm-hmm. you know this is this is what else we could be doing we're sorry the reasons we aren't doing it are blah, blah 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 like that would kind of make a little bit more sense to me but you know what 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 do i know um it, but i agree with you it uh, it did seem kind of uh, 
uneven, shall we say. Um, whilst we're talking about our, our smaller stuff, um, we kind of stumbled across a great, a great question that we were asked on Twitter this week, which is, can the kids of some of our players who represented Wales, can they qualify to play for Wales as a consequence? So, for example, Helen Ward uh, was not born in Wales, but she can represent uh, Wales through her heritage, the, her grandparents. Equally, how does that affect her son? It would be funny if this, her son or daughter couldn't play for Wales either. Um, and it kind of raised an interesting point, I thought, in, in terms of the kind of that whole weird situation. We're kind of creating a generation of of of, uh, of, of squads and teams and players who, who are kind of buying into being Welsh, but then that's kind of the end of the line at the same time. It's weird, isn't it? It is an interesting question because the rules from FIFA are quite clear. It's basically where you're born, where your parents are born, and where your grandparents are born. Those are the those are the countries that you can be considered um, to represent. And and then beyond that, there's some there's some tweaks. Which interestingly, the the home nations have have chosen to kind of cross out as they apply to um, the British teams. So. Within the FIFA statute, there's there's uh, a clause that says you you if you've lived continuously in the territory for two years, you can be considered uh, to represent that country or that territory. Um, and there is a, another one that covers tries to cover children by saying that if they've been um, in schooling for uh, five years, when uh, whilst under 18 so you, you know any of your school age years you can you can count those as well uh, but you have to cover five years but the two-year one the two-year residency one the the home nations agreement has taken that one off the table actually because and you can you can kind of see why someone could literally have just you know played a, played a couple of years in Wrexham and suddenly they're entitled to, to represent Wales and, and vice versa and I can see I can see how that just feels a little bit problematic but it does leave this kind of staunch of current players where we've got a lot of them in in both the men's and the women's game who have qualified via their grandparents who ultimately their children wouldn't wouldn't qualify to represent Wales um Someone like Ashley Williams, who who lived for quite a while in in Swansea, obviously, depending on I don't know the age of his kids or when they were at school or not, but it's possible that that his children, for example, hit the five year mark for education from the period he was in Swansea. Um, but as you said, someone like Helen Ward, whose kids were born, I think, up in London and has obviously lived in that area. Um, her her kids unfortunately wouldn't qualify currently. It's quite a bizarre circumstance, and I like you say, I do understand the logic. I do have to say, I don't know if people could hear that in the background there, but we used to have a uh, a habit of hearing the fire brigade go past uh, when we were recorded in Boston. And I don't know if you could hear that, but there was uh, some loud ninos as that was happening. There's a nice little <laughs> nod to any older listeners there who might uh, who might remember that. But uh, anyway, no, I agree. It's a weird one, and, I, and to be honest. The reality of the situation is it's very unlikely to actually kind of come come to anything, um, but I, it was an interesting uh, it was an interesting little tidbit, shall we say? Uh, nevertheless, um, we want to concentrate today on 
talking about the squad. Obviously, we talked last time about the goalkeepers and defenders. We're going to talk talk about midfielders and forwards today. Um, in the interests of uh, transparency, we have just spoken to to Mark Evans, who is uh, obviously um, a huge part of the FAW, and he has given us some positive information, and that 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 will be going out uh, in the future, uh, in the near future, as as a podcast and as a written article in the Gamer Willard magazine. Um, just whilst I'm on the topic, I may as well give it a quick plug. We're going to be doing another Gamer uh, Gamer Willard. Um, that will be coming out very very soon, hopefully. Um, we've got an interview with Mark in there. We've got. Um, looking back at previous matches we've got match previews we've got some great articles um as well by people like fraser watson and some some fantastic artwork to go along with it too so um please keep an eye out for that that's coming out very very soon um the reason i say about that is because all of my notes that i wrote in advance um about whether people would be playing or not um seems to have been uh exonerated is that the right word um yeah, <laughs> well, it might, you, you're saying this now. You you are you are you are throwing me under the bus here, Ruth. You, uh, you 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 saw my notes in advance. To be fair, I'm very rarely right about these things. So the fact that he's now being uh, confused further is not is not helping anyone. I don't think. But uh, I say this because we are going on the premise pretty much that everyone will be fit. That's pretty much our our plan here. Um, so Ruth, let's kind of go through the obvious ones just to kind of get them out the way I think we're all in agreement that Joe Allen Ethan Ampadu Joe Morrell Aaron Ramsey Di Brooks Daniel James Harry Wilson are all going to be in the squad I think I think that's a that's a given isn't it um I think I mean I would have Joe Morrell in there but I I think there are some people who might not um, but uh, certainly in a twenty-six, I would definitely be taking him. So yeah, yeah. I, I would be I would be taking Morel as well. Um, if we look at other kind of central midfield options, we are looking between really, depending on how you kind of view it, Johnny Williams, Will Volks, uh, and Matt Smith. I guess for me, the way I've done it, I think three into two doesn't go there. I think one of those three is going to miss out. So of um, uh, I would definitely be taking John. I'd definitely be taking Johnny Williams, and then I think for me the question is whether Page has reached out and is trying to involve Will Vokes. Um, if that's happened, he's he he'd be in my squad over Matt Smith. If it if that's if that situation hasn't changed, then Matt Smith would be on my list. I mean, if I'm if I'm kind of putting your putting your head on the block do you do you think that will have happened do you think it's smith or do you think it'll be volx that actually ends up on the plane i th- i think at this point it's much more likely to be smith i think we're just we're just so deep into things even if page wanted to open that door i think he might he might feel it's not the time it might be different by the autumn when we're looking at the qualifiers then but i think he might I, I suspect it's it's just not felt that it's the time to do this. I wonder if unfortunately. That, yeah, unfortunate is the word. He would be there over Smith for me. I think he's had a better year at a, at a higher level. Um I the, the one thing that w- worries me about it and you know we're all having a stab in the dark here but the big thing I think is I I worry if 
if he says no to Volks now, where where Volks might think, do you know what? You didn't call me up for friendlies. I've got you know I've been involved in all of these squads for the Euros, and then you're bidding me off and not taking me at the last. Um, mm-hmm. Sod yeah. Do, do do you think that's a possibility? And you know, because if that was the case, I wouldn't blame him necessarily, but I also think that would be a big shame. Agreed. I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him. I'm hoping he's a better person than that. Um, I, th- I, I just think Paige has. He doesn't have need to rock this particular boat, so I suspect he might not. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I hope you're wrong, but I, I think you're probably right. Um, I would be taking Johnny as well. Um, I mean, this is going to look a little bit predictable to a point here, I suppose. But um, is there are there any other midfielders that you would you would take? And I'm asking that in a leading question way because I do. I th- I think it dep- it depends who you're classing as as midfielders because I tend to think of Gareth Bale and Tom Lawrence in that category, um, and I I know you you. I'm not a huge Tom Lawrence fan, but I, I would have him in for, for basically for the same sort of reason as I as I have Johnny in. I think he's I think his versatility can be quite useful in uh, in this scenario. I think we we saw that for example in um, in the Mexico game uh, where they both played very unconventional positions for them and did it very well. And I think in a squad environment, those players that you can that you can rely on in strange circumstances to do unfamiliar things are really important. So I would be including him. Uh, predictably, I have not changed my stance and I would, would not <laughs> be taking it from a shock horror. Um, the reason I ask that leading question is because if it were me, I think I would take Brennan Johnson. Um, I think, and I've been critical of his inclusion recently, so I do have to recognise that. But the reason I say that is because I think people will know something about Tom Lawrence uh, and I think for the things he's capable of I don't think he's better or worse particularly than anyone else and I, I, I'm not having him but the other thing with Brennan Johnson is he's young he's, he's very fit he's got such a, a quick sharp intelligent football mind he's got great feet um, you know he's had a great season admittedly you know at, at a league one level but he's scored goals he's, he's created goals he's got good assist levels I think he just could be a bit of a wild card for us because the reality of the fact is I don't know how much time he's game time he's going to have. We don't know how the situation's going to pan out. And I think, is Tom Lawrence someone you're going to bring off the bench and it's going to change a game for you? Probably not. Could Brennan Johnson do that? I think he could offer you something different enough that none of the others has. So for that reason, I would take him. I can see the argument. I can just see the argument for including some of the younger players that you know and and. You know, I've not got a chance of making the start in 11, but may gain a great deal from the experience, particularly when you're up at 20, 26 players. Um, I, I just think I just think Tom Lawrence's experience is worth, is worth having uh, sort of across the board in terms of his um, his longevity in the squad and that sort of thing. I think I think there's some value in that. For what it's worth, I think he will he will probably go. The the other thing for me is as well is that he he's not he's not contributed anything in qualifying unless uh, unless I'm missing something 
I'm not even sure how many squads he was in through injury and, and, and the circumstances. So it does seem a bit harsh to me to kind of bring him in at the end and drop someone else out of that picture, if I'm honest. And I'd say that taking aside my, frankly, dislike of him. Um, so I, I do think there's that element to that as well. I don't know how that would kind of unsettle the squad or whether he's a popular member of the squad. I, I don't know any of those things. So I, those are kind of in the back of my mind as well. Um, to look at attackers... I've gone, just for the sake of ease, Bale is, is in that group. I've gone Bale, Moore, Hal robson Carnu, and then it was a kind of toss-up for me, but I've gone there for Tyler Roberts in the end. I've, I've gone for the same four, but, I, but Hal is my fourth, and I would, depending on the, the injury situation, I think if I'm looking to tweak the 26 because I'm worried about somebody, um, let's use Joe Allen as an example. If I was worried about Joe Allen, then I might be tempted to take Will Vokes as as well as um, Matt Smith and, and Joe Morrell. So I think Hal would be my kind of very much my 26th name on the list. And it's not that I don't think he could add to the squad. It's not that I don't think he's got value. I just, I'm, I'm just not sure we're going to use it. I, I think if we're, my concern has always been, we haven't got an obvious substitute for Kiefer Moore, but we haven't tried, we haven't tried to embed anybody. We haven't tried to find that second scenario. It, It's feeling very much like, we're starting with a, a sort of floating pseudo number nine um, with Kiefer Moore coming on late if that's if that's what we need. And I just I just can't see us using how. So that's why I think he's ended up at sort of the last man on my list. I see that's interesting because I think if we were to play with the false nine thing as you're talking about there, if we were going to play with that way, and let's say Harry Wilson is our false nine for the sake of argument, as he as he was against the Belgians, I think he gets injured after ten minutes. Are you changing your whole style of play for Kiefer Moore to come on after you've obviously done all your prep and whatever else? Well, I don't think you are. I think you're more likely in that case to bring on Hal, who can kind of play that role a little bit, and I think you're probably more likely to use Tyler Roberts as well. But it kind of makes more sense to me for us to have a couple of that sort of player who can kind of drop a little bit deeper and link the play and go long and kind of run the channels as well than having Kiefer Moore as a hold-up man. I think Kiefer Moore is very much plan B. Um, and I think we're probably more likely to have variations of plan A, like Hal and, and Tyler Roberts, who will be the ones who kind of make the difference, if, if needs be, in that position. Because I think that one of the things you mentioned before was about versatility. I think a lot of that, I think a lot of that ties into, I think, th- I think the reality of the situation is, if I'm honest, is that there's probably only really... I think at two positions in the squad that's actually up for debate if we're honest you can argue the toss about so let's say Tom Lawrence or, or Brennan Johnson or whoever but the reality is there's there's one or two just on the fringe and I think a lot of it depends on other people because of the versatility so for example Tom Lockyer who we're told is back training in Cardiff and is, and is working with the FAW um, and is looking in good shape If he if they decide that he can't go I think that position may open up in the midfield area rather than bringing another defender on the basis that Ampadu can play in that role 
or Chris Gunter can play in that role in the same way that, let's say, Joe Allen doesn't make it, God forbid, then I think Ampadu can replace him or Volks can replace him. So when you actually look at it, I don't actually think they would do that many like-for-like switches if someone got injured. Do you see what I mean? So I think that kind of gives us one extra or two extra positions to play with, which is why I would gamble on Johnson. But I, I appreciate there's there's a kind of a lot of ifs, buts and maybes in there. I don't disagree because I would want to take Hal because I think he can provide something a little bit different. What what I wonder is if we would ever actually do that. And I don't think we've seen... And part of it is, you know, he's been injured, then there was the covid situation then there was the problem with them being excluded from the squad so perhaps we haven't had an opportunity recently to try him obviously he had a uh, a a bit of a role in the mexico game so so he's on my list he's in my 26 i just i just think he might be where i've got like i've got him penciled in relative (laughs) to the others not because not because i don't think he can't add something but i i I just think that the injury framework, the the situation with, let's say, Ampadu's situation is worse than we than we fear. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think there could be a whole lot of sort of shuffling then, and he he might be the the one that sort of falls out of the pack. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean. It's an interesting one, and, and I think the reality is that the ones that we should be kind of talking about here that we've missed out is probably. Rabi Matondo is the one who can possibly feel most hard done by. He's again someone I, I could see going perhaps instead of Brendan Johnson. Um, that's probably my personal thing rather than what I think would happen. Only because again, Rabi's been in and out of a lot of the squads. They've you know they've given him starts in friendlies, um, and he and you know to be fair again, you're talking about someone who can offer something different. He can offer something different. He is lightning quick, and if he can get his final ball sorted. I think he would be a real threat. So I th- I th- there is the flip side to that. He was the one who I've obviously not put in, and I think you've not either, who I would probably say is the most hard done he, by. He's he's the one I feel harsh by not having him on the list. Most of the most of the others, it's it's kind of toss a coin in some respects. Um, Dylan Levitt, for example, I don't think I don't think he's well. He's he's another one that's not training at the minute. Um, but I don't think he's done enough yet to warrant to warrant a place. Um, Rabi, I, I feel his day will come. I think there's such potential there, but I, I don't think he's ready yet. Um, yeah, it, but I feel I feel bad with that because I think he's so committed. He's working so hard. You, you can see the improvements, but I just don't think it's ready yet. I think the flip side with him is is that if let's say like I said you are maybe only looking at one extra spot in the squad I think you would probably say it's realistically him or Tom Lawrence instead of Brennan Johnson in my setup who I think Mm -hmm. will actually end up going Um, equally you know the 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 other side of the coin is if if Lockyer does get fit um, you know and it is looking positive um, does he you know, do we take another defender, which takes away someone from midfield, um, let's say, and then none of them go, and then do you see mm-hmm. what I mean? So there, it is for that one place. When I think there is only one place up for grabs, really, is that it is very fine margins for a lot of them, isn't it? Yeah, and I think you can make a case that let's have one more at the back, let's have one more in the middle, let's have one more at the front. You can make a key a case for each of the 
each sort of position on the field needing a bit more depth because you'd always want more depth. You could make a case for, you know, for everywhere. You can make a case for a fourth goalkeeper. I just don't think it has, you know, I don't think it stands up to to much examination, but you can make a case. So I think, um, I I do think we're sort of discussing very much the fringe players. I I think that the, maybe the 23 24 are pretty set and then it's really how do you want to use those extra what have become the sort of use as you've called them your kind of free hit three places um and as we were saying last week i think i think there's merit in taking some of the youngsters i think there's merit in looking at it in terms of uh coverage for um for injuries you you might want to take someone because you fear Kiefer Moore is just gonna rock in the yellow cards and you you've you've got to cover that you know there's there's how do you want to use those extra players but I just I think all you can start with is a balance a balance across the field and um and for and for that, that reason I probably wouldn't be taking Ravi because I, I think it just leans too much in one direction whereas we perhaps need the need the bodies somewhere else uh, the last mention of this man, I promise, uh, listener, is Christian Deutsch. Um, <laughs> uh, we've kind of been. Don't uh, make that promise. I know. You've made I've, it before. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only reason I say just because you mentioned, obviously, there the the replacement for Kiefer Moore if needed, and mm-hmm. that's the only thing I would say is I wonder if he might get called up to the camp just because if something does happen to Kiefer Moore, we don't have that plan B anymore. And Doidge would be the closest we've got to that. And don't get me wrong, like I looked at the statistics the other day. When you actually look at it, we all think he's had this barnstormer of a season. He has scored 12 goals in all competitions this year, which is not bad. He's only scored seven in the league. Um, And yes, he's hitting better form now. He's got a decent amount of assists. You can make the statistics look a certain way if you wanted to. So, uh, you know, he's not set the world on fire. He is playing for for Hibs as much as I love Hibs um, in in Scottish Premier League. And they're not pulling up trees. You know, they are in the cup final. But I think it's... He is the one... He's another one who I think it would be a bit of a gamble. And I think when you're looking at the, the squad places, as I've mentioned, kind of as free hits... I think he's the he's another one similar to Brennan Johnson in a way where you'd think maybe he might be the one that's the wild card that's worth rolling the dice on. Just perhaps I'm not saying it will happen, but he's 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 another one who again I'd rather take him than Tom Lawrence on the basis that he can be a, a key for more alternative if key for more gets injured rather than kind of Tom Lawrence more of the same uh, a lot of those players that type of player we've got so. I do. That was the, my my only, only other suggestion that I kind of wanted to bring to the table. What about Jepcott? Would you take him? The thing is with Jepcott, he's he's had a great start to the season, but he's a young lad. He's really tailed off towards the second half of the season. He's still got good numbers for the year, but he's not scored consistently since Christmas. Really, um, I think it's just. It's a case of it being maybe a couple of years too soon for him. I think, uh, as, as Wales fans, I think I've said this before. I think we are a little bit guilty sometimes of of over egging things just a tiny bit because we're so desperate. There's the fire brigade again. We're so desperate for for the next thing to happen because we're so excited by everything, and that's brilliant. Um, and I think you know you could perhaps look at the same as Terry Taylor, even you know. And again, I'm not suggesting him for this, but you know that sort of thing of maybe he could come in or. Um, you know, I, I think 
it's just a bit too soon for Jepcott, and I don't think he's had a consistent enough year to make it worth the gamble, although I think he's got huge potential. Yeah, I, I, I agree about both of them. I think I think it's a pity we haven't looked at Deutsch already. Um, I can't, I, you know, I don't see any harm previously in bringing both of those into the squad and seeing what they had to offer and at least know what you're dealing with so you could make an informed decision now. I, I just, I think the fact that they weren't involved in March means we're not going to see them at all. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, I, I just think it would be interesting to maybe call one of them up to the camp to see how you are. But you're absolutely right in reality that 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 ship sailed. If that was going to happen, that was going to happen for the for the games earlier in the campaign. You know, for when we had friendlies and stuff to play. So I think I think you're probably right. Um, we have mentioned their injuries um, mm-hmm. over the weekend. There's been a I was a scaremongering makes it sound very much more sinister than it is, which is not the aim. But everyone's panicked a lot, I would say, this week um, between Joe Allen, Ben Davis, uh, Daniel James, Ethan Ampadu, and Tom Lockyer. So we've we've kind of kind of gone through a little bit. We've done a bit of digging, and as I say, I did write these notes before we spoke to Mark <laughs> Evans. So um, I, I I I stand by what I've said here. Um, we'll start with Joe Allen. Um, do you think he'll go? Let's 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 keep it short and sweet. Yes. Oh, that was a little bit shorter than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all all I think all five of them are probably going, even if they're not absolutely a hundred percent. Because I think at this point, you need to get people for a start. You need to get people into the bubble, and you know the um, EFL lads are i think it's wednesday or thursday of this week that they're reporting and then that's more or less it then right through the tournament because folks have got to stay in the bubble so so at this point you you're better off with them involved part of a squad working with the our physios and our medical team so that we've got a very clear impression of where they are and what they're doing and how they're progressing and how they're developing so i think we're going to see all of them involved with the squad even if even if they're not ready to go technically for a few weeks actually because of the particular circumstances well you've uh, you've ruined this segment of the podcast thank you very <laughs> much <laughs> for answering all the questions in one go um yeah i think i think i agree with you i think joe allen is one of those people he's so f- naturally fit i think he's he's the sort of person that not you know missing the games or missing fitness is not the end of the world for someone like him i think he's that sort of person um equally i think ben davis is the one i'm most worried about i'll come back to him i think dan james seems to be like a little niggle from what i've seen they've kind of rotated the squad they've guaranteed champions league football pretty much next year um they've got a cup final to look forward to i think so man united just rotating the squad i don't think that's anything other than a niggle if it's anything at all yeah, the, the quote was, he's still out for a little while. So I'm hoping that the little is the key in that bit. Yeah, and I, I think I think it will be. I think, you know, they think Solskjaer's holding his cards close to his chest there. And I think if they, there was a bigger concern, I think you wouldn't be able to kind of hide that. Um, Lockyer is probably the hardest to side on. So maybe we'll, we'll leave him and, and Davies to the end. 
Ampadu, I also think, will be fine. It's been talked about as a pelvic muscle injury, um, but we know he's had issues as he's kind of grown up and he's got bigger and and stronger and, you know, those groin pain sort of thing. He had issues with his shins and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think he's going to be fine. I think the reality of the Ethan Ampadu situation is he's on loan at Chelsea. You're going you're gonna to risk injuring a very talented young player, A, ahead of, a, of, a, of an international tournament, but also B, you know, for no reason, Chef, you were down. You know, the, 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 there's no benefit to anyone, I don't think, of Ethan playing. He, you know, could probably do with the rest of a couple of weeks. I think that would benefit him and us. I, for what it's worth, I'm not sure Chelsea are going to hang on to him next year. Um, I think they may be also looking at the Euros as a little bit of a shop window for him. Um, could be wrong, but I think that there's no benefit at any point for him playing these final two games um, for Chef U. So I think that, again, is more of a of a tactical pulling out than a real genuine injury concern. I hope so. I mean, that's that's how I'm... That's how I read it, but I'm ho- I'm hoping we're we're reading it correctly. There's there's no point in pushing him. He's I'm sure has kind of said as much. Chelsea I'm sure has said as much. I think you're right. I think depending on how the Euros go will affect at least play into Chelsea's next move with him. Um, I I would be surprised if he's still a Chelsea player by the by the autumn. Um, and I'm hoping, as you say, I'm hoping it's everybody just playing safe at the minute. I noticed that you catch you caught yourself saying fall there instead of autumn and stopped yourself. <laughs> you re, you, I, I you, did have to. Th- you I did. had to think about it, which is a terrible sign. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you're going to start dropping teas soon, referring it to as water, <laughs> and then uh, and then we're in real trouble. Um, the last two, uh, Davis and Lockyer. Um, I, I, like you said, I think Davis will definitely be called up. Um, I'm the, my, the way my mind is thinking about this is he's probably just erring on the side of caution. There's a new manager coming in, you know, in the summer, so he, he'll want to prove himself in the summer, in the Euros, and then afterwards. He doesn't need to prove himself to Ryan Mason right now. I don't think that matters. Um, I think he's probably being a little bit selfish and, and good um, in terms of that. You know, when this injury was first mooted, we were talking about two or three weeks. Um, and I think that is just the case. I think he's just kind of seeing out the year a little bit. Um, Lockyer is the one that I think is the hardest to decide on, only because he's had injury problems all season. Are you going to take him, risk him getting injured, and then you've you've taken a hurt man to the to the tournament that you can't replace? You know, it, it's all well and good. This the videos we've seen of him running, and it all seems very pop confident from what Mark said as well, which is great. But you know, there's a lot of, it's, it's bigger than that, isn't it? You can run and kick a ball under no pressure, but when you're kind of doing it in a tournament circumstance and everything's on the line, can you rely on on that ankle that's, you know, obviously had an operation and whatever in, in, in recent times to kind of take the strain? It's a big, it's a big ask, isn't it? It is, but I, th- I think that's all part of the evaluation. He's, he's, obviously down in Cardiff already working with the FAW's medical team um, who, you know, have, have worked miracles on occasion. Uh, and I, I don't think they would risk him in that sense. I don't think they're going to push him to the point where he, he does something that's actually going to affect the, the longer term healing of his, of his ankle. Uh, but I do think he, he's clearly borderline enough that people are investing in, 
the time and the energy in trying to, in trying to make sure he's fit and, and good to go. And I trust I trust that team to kind of not be selfish about his care. And I I, I think players are conscious enough these days about their their own kind of ability to 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 be assertive about what what they need as well and um i'm sure i'm sure he's further along than people expected to be looking at the timeline that's typical for this so um i think i think at this point he he very much falls into into the, the group that i was saying of get him down get him working with the with the with the team see what see what he can cope with see see where things stand and as as long as nobody does anything stupid then at the very worst he's going to get some care from the medical team and they're going to say it's not on and at the best they're going he's going to get some care from the medical team and they say okay you're on the plane to Baku and you know yeah. and it might be that it might be that he's as you say borderline enough that they don't take him. He's he's on paper fit, but he's borderline enough that it's just well, we'll take Banker Bango because we you know we've just there's one less question. Yeah. Or it might be well, you know he did as well in the in the qualifying rounds. He was dependable. He was you know he's never let us down. He's worth having in the squad because you never know when that might be useful. And I think it could swing either way at, at the minute. I think that's true, and I think that is the one kind of area in the in the squad where there is wiggle room, be it with with Cabango or Lockyer, and 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 then the, the impact that that has, whether that whether that's a, it's not worth the gamble, whether there's worth them taking an extra, you know, are we taking an extra defender or whatever? Do, do you know what I mean? So I think that's that is again where the kind of wiggle room is. I mean, he has played. 20 times for for Luton this year, so I mean, you know, he has had a decent amount of of game time relatively speaking so I, I suppose that's that's one thing obviously he's he's missed the last time he played I think was mid-February so and he was a regular before then so I suppose you know that that would be the big concern I suppose is that realistically he hasn't made it he hasn't played any competitive football for for a long time but I think you know it's it's easy it's, it's a very very complicated situation like you say and, and very very difficult so I think again he's another one that you're just not quite sure of the, of the timeline of the whole thing and whether he'll physically be up to it. I think that's the that's what's going to happen. But as you say, he's going to have a chance to prove himself uh, in the in the last in the last couple in the next couple of weeks. Sorry, ahead of the the game, the tournament starting itself. Yeah, yeah, and the I think strangely enough, because you've got this sort of long run in where you've got to have people in the bubble and they're going to be together, and it's really all any can anybody can be doing is working on their fitness so i think the the kind of the, the very focused nature of that is probably going to be a help to him as well absolutely now uh, moving seamlessly on to someone two other people have to be focused uh, this week <laughs> another perfect link is uh, newport and uh, swansea who both have uh, the first leg of their playoffs swansea have barnsley and newport have forest green so good luck to both of them in that um, obviously, there's going to be a limited number of fans there, so if you've got your ticket, enjoy that. Um, not jealous at all. Um, good luck to you guys. Also, we wanted to mention Wrexham, Ruth. Yeah, <laughs> another crazy, amazing game at the weekend. Coming from from two nil down, they they were just I don't know where they were in the first half, but they were they were in, they were not <laughs> they were not a forum. Um, <laughs> the 
they seem to be hopefully going into the playoffs with one of those strange strange momentums which which make a real difference clearly it's nothing's guaranteed yet it's so incredibly close on those um playoff places and you know it could easily a couple of bad results and they could easily fall out out of contention but i think it's i think it's encouraging that they are find, finding ways to get to get through games um dean keats made some very important uh substitutions on Saturday that that paid off and yeah I think you, you know you've only got to look at their celebrations on the on the bus going back that uh, it was it was a very important turnaround and like I said hopefully it's just an, an indication of some some momentum going forward now. I mean that's the thing you know the momentum is the key there Wrexham are in great form haven't lost in five um, which is massive and I think there's the the, the way that this win engineered itself is is remarkable itself i think it was beth fisher who tweeted like a a, a, like almost a live table at different points of the game (laughs) and they i think they were down in ninth i think maybe even lower than that at at one point ninth is about right so they were down to ninth then got the equalizer and moved up to seventh and then um (laughs) hall johnson scored uh, very very late on and you know that moved them back up to fifth and it is so tight you look down there you know they've got a game in hand on a couple of the teams around them, which is massive. But, uh, you know, between them in fifth, they're on 64 points. You can go down to 11th and 59 points. A five-point gift difference between between six teams in the division, seven teams in the division at that point is is crazy, really, when you look at it. The, the, the other positive thing, as I said, there is the form and the momentum, which you mentioned as well. But again... There are so many other teams who are in a, in a very similar vein of form. Again, going down to eleventh place, Dagenham and Redbridge have got are in good form. Um, obviously, there's Notts County, there's Wrexham themselves, Hartlepool just ahead of them, not in the best of form. But you know, even Stockport just ahead of them again have got the same form as Wrexham. So I mean, it is really, really tight down there, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, it's becoming like really really difficult to 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 make any kind of sensible conclusions and predictions well in fact i say becoming it's been that's been the case all year but actually it's been a crazy league um but i think all all you can be at the minute is is pretty hopeful that the momentum at least is going in the right direction for them and you know three get three games to go and we'll We'll, we'll see where we are. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Good luck to Wrexham as well. It's just, you know, as you say, just a crazy league at the moment and there's so much going on there. Massive late turnaround. Obviously, the, the scenes on the pitch, like you said, uh, were amazing. They've got a massive, yeah. massive game on Tuesday against Notts County who are just uh, just next to them in the league. So just a, just a huge, huge game. Same points. Um, Wrexham are ahead on goal difference at the moment. But yeah, Notts County just below them in the league. So massive, massive game for them on Tuesday as well. So, Good luck to Wrexham. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add, Ruth? I, I wanted to mention Sophie Ingle is playing as we speak. Yeah, I wonder um, we should mention in that. the in the Champions League game. It's, it's not it's not going well, as everyone will be aware. Uh, so just hugs from us, I suppose. Yes, last at last check. I'm just furiously trying to Google. It's four nil at the minute. Yeah, well, last time I checked, it was four nil. So yeah, and lucky to Sylvia. Looks like she's gonna she's gonna fall out on the wrong side of that. But a great great video, um, which uh, which was doing the rounds this week from all her friends and family and players as well. I thought that was a really lovely touch by the FAW as always. 
yeah, the media team, well, they, they know what they do, and they, if, if they set out to make us all cry, they do it very successfully. Yeah, and, and pretty much once a week as well. Um, well, there you go. Uh, commiserations to Sophie, but uh, but good luck to Wrexham, Newport, and Swansea, as we've mentioned there. And obviously, more information on the squad, uh, I'm sure, will be released to everyone soon enough. Um, we have this podcast. We have Mark Evans uh, from the FAW is going to be going out to you next week. If you haven't had a look at Cymru150.com, uh, a range of A3 unique hand-drawn prints, then please do go and have a look at that um, and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, Game of is coming out soon. Uh, so again, please keep your eyes and ears open for that one. And finally, thank you to everyone who subscribed to uh, the ColmanHadADream.com website. If you do that, you will get the Game of Allard magazine sent straight to your email so you don't have to do anything. Um, so if you are interested in getting that when it's finally out, hopefully in a couple of days, then uh, please do sign up and subscribe and follow us on the website as well. Um, I think I've done enough promotion there. Ruth, is there anything else you want me to say? Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the marketing mark, uh, marketing meeting concluded uh, for today. Thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, have a good week and we will be in touch with you soon. Thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye.